For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish that. Last week, we lit our first candle, which reminded us of hope. And aren't you glad that we have hope this Christmas season? We we, we look around us, and there's not a whole lot of hope out there in the world, is there? But we, of all God's people, should have hope. Today, we're celebrating peace. It's a celebration of peace as we think of the Christmas season. We often associate peace and Christmas together, don't we? And rightly so, because it, it, uh, it, it's in so many of our Christmas carols. Came upon the midnight clear, the glorious sound of old, uh, peace on earth, goodwill to men. We have hark the herald angels sing that celebrate the peace of God. All of it taken from Luke chapter 2, where it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill to man. And so it's a season of peace, and rightly so. And yet too often what is today to be a celebration of peace turns out to be just the opposite. We get frustrated. We get upset with circumstances. We, we fail to appreciate the peace that Christ came to bring into our lives. I, I still remember Christmas growing up in a home where Christ was not celebrated. And uh, my parents, for some strange reason, thought everything had to be done by Santa Claus on Christmas Eve after the kids go to bed. I still remember the the frustration that they had as we sat up there looking through a grate, watching what was going on, the words that were being spoken and so forth. And uh, it was far from a time of peace. There was so much conflict there. And and then while I was... after I graduated from Multnomah, we were between churches, and so I took a job for, from the day after Thanksgiving until the day before Christmas working at Kmart. And I found out that there is very little peace out there in the shopping world at the Christmas season. Some of you have been there in Walmart and other places, uh, the, the pushing, the shoving, the arguing, even affected the, the staff there. I, I remember the, my final day. That, that I was working there. I worked from 6 in the morning that day until 10 in the after, or ten in the morning. We could only work 28 hours a week because they're not going to pay any benefits or overtime. And uh, my supervisor came to me and said, hey, how would you like to stay on? Uh, well, we have to lay you off today, but why don't you come back Friday and we can sign you up again? Uh, uh, that was so they didn't have to pay for Christmas for me. But uh, I said, no, thank you. I'm not interested in, in that at all uh, after what I had gone through for, for a month there and he said well he was rather upset with me and he said well you've got to set this display up and you've got to get it up right now and don't you leave until it's done and it was already 9.30 I said okay that's no problem I'll, I'll get it set up it was a display of uh, what, what are those fla- poinsettias yeah there it is uh, and they all had to go before Christmas Eve or else they, they weren't going to sell them and, and so I, I was in the midst of getting them all out and the uh, 
announcement came that a truck had pulled in and all of the temporary staff was to go and unload the truck. Well, I was leaving in about 15 minutes and I wasn't interested in unloading a, a truck of junk. And I had orders to get this display up, so I just kept putting up the display. And I still remember him coming and chewing me out for not being in the back. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm out of here. This is not my idea of Christmas. And I want nothing more to, to do with it. Israel looked for a time of peace as well. They looked for the advent, the coming of the Messiah the Prince of Peace, the one who would bring peace to their troubled world. They, they had a promise from God back in Psalm 29, 11, where the Lord had said, the Lord gives strength to his people, the Lord blesses his people with peace. And that was a, a direct promise from, from the, the word of the Lord. It's a beautiful psalm if you take time to read Psalm 29, it speaks of the voice of the Lord there and how the power that is there in the word of the Lord and so forth. And then he says he blesses us with, with peace. And I think today we enjoy a measure of peace. I think we should thank the Lord for the peace that we have experienced. I, I realize that there have been wars and, and rumors of wars and so forth, but praise the Lord, they've been elsewhere. We, we've enjoyed the blessing of, of peace in our, in our land by and large. We're losing that. that. That peace is slipping away as our values deteriorate. We, we see more violence creeping into society, more conflict and, and divisions. But God's desire for his people always has been peace. I picture the Garden of Eden as a place where peace reigned, where uh, perfect peace was, was in process there until sin and Satan entered the 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 garden and brought that conflict with them. Then all kinds of turmoil came as a result of that. Israel had experienced years of peace, uh, years of war. How is it possible for God to come to them and say, I've blessed you with peace? Well, their hope for peace was not in the circumstances of life. It was in a person. It was in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what we read in Isaiah chapter 9. He is the Prince of Peace. And they were looked forward to the coming of an individual who would rule in perfect righteousness and who would bring them the hope that they had of, of peace. In Isaiah 23 or 26, verse 3, he, he speaks of the fact that he will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is what? Stayed on him stayed on the, the Prince of Peace, on the one who is able to bring that peace into our hearts and lives. How is it possible for us to experience peace today? How is it possible when we look at all that's going on around us to celebrate peace? Well, we can do so because the Prince of Peace is still on the throne. He is still the Almighty God, and he will be with us no matter what is going on in the circumstances uh, around us today. We can have that confidence in our heart. The uh, work of peace is centered in him. And in Isaiah 53, verse 5, it speaks of the fact there that he was pierced, why? For our transgressions. So that we could experience the peace of God. So that we could come into a right relationship with God. Israel did not understand that. And yet they had the possibility of peace. God had promised them his peace. 
In uh, Psalm 85, it speaks of the fact in, in verse 10, it says, Loving kindness and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. You notice the two couplets there? Loving kindness and truth go together. You can't separate those two. You can't have love without truth. And if you try to have truth without love, it's going to be brutal. You, you, you need both of them together. And, and then he says, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. If we want to experience peace today, we have to live in righteousness. We have to walk as God would have us to walk. Again, in Isaiah 32, verse 17, he says, the work of righteousness will be peace. The service of righteousness, quietness and confidence forevermore. The work of righteousness will be peace. And so if, as long as Israel walked in accordance to the word of God, he blessed them with peace. Read the book of Judges, and you see that pattern repeated over and over again. When they sinned, there was conflict, there was turmoil, there was bondage, and then they would get right with God, and suddenly peace would reign in their land. And uh, it's only as we experience that change in our lives that brings us into a right relationship with God that we can experience peace today. Isaiah 57 Verses 20 and 21 says, the wicked are like the troubled sea. I, I, I know a lot of you like the ocean and, and visiting the ocean, but have you ever noticed it's never calm? Somebody asked us once when we were down there, when does it stop moving? It doesn't. <laughs> the, the wicked are like that. There, there's no peace, that he says, to the wicked there. Uh, and, uh, and yet, for those who have accepted Christ who have come into a right relationship with him, there is peace of heart and, and mind t- today. It becomes an individual choice for us. And once we realize his peace, then we have the responsibility to proclaim that, that peace. Isaiah 52, a verse that's often repeated in the New Testament as well. Verse 7, How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. Do you believe that today? Do you have lovely feet? That phrase is quoted, that verse is quoted in Romans chapter 10 there, where he speaks of the fact, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on him if they haven't heard and so forth? And, and then he moves right into that that. Uh, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Are you carrying that good news to others today? Are, are you communicating the, the peace of God to those that desperately need to, to see the peace of God? Well, that brings us to from Israel to today. Remember, they celebrated in Advent the same as we do. They were looking for the first coming of the Messiah. They were looking, and perhaps not fully understanding what they were looking for, but they were looking for the coming of the king who would rule and reign and bring hope and peace into their lives. We, too, have the hope of peace as we anticipate the advent, the the second coming of Jesus Christ into this world. How can we experience that in the midst of our suffering and pain and trials at times and loss? 
Well, we have a promise of peace. In, in John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. How is it possible for us to have that peace today? I think Paul makes it clear in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. As we are justified, as we are brought into a right relationship with Jesus Christ, then we can experience peace in the midst of our circumstances. That doesn't eliminate the trials and the the struggles that we may be facing, but we can have that inner sense of peace in our hearts that God is in control. And the reason for that is the person. Did you notice what he said in John chapter 14? He said, my peace. Not just peace, but it's my peace. He is the author of peace. He is, as Isaiah said, the prince of peace. In John chapter 16, he says, in me, you shall have peace. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. Any of you experienced that? Any of you had some trials this week? Some things that didn't go quite right? Or or did you have a perfect week here? (laughs) I I, kind of doubt that. I, I think we could all think of some things that didn't go as we thought they should this week but the important thing is if Christ was at the center of our lives we could celebrate his peace we could have that sense of well-being in our heart Uh, it's important I think as we approach the Christmas season to keep our thoughts centered on the Prince of Peace not so much on the, the trappings that go with the Christmas season. Now, I'm not being Scrooge. You, you can enjoy the glitter and the lights and the fancy presents and so forth, and that, that's fine. I just want you to remember that that's going to pass. But he isn't. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So keep your focus on, on him. Uh, I, 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 I love New Year's Day. Uh, my, my wife realizes that New Year's Day is traditionally the day that we pack it all up. (laughs) We've had it out for a month and we put it all away and things get back to normal again. Uh, But you know what? When New Year's Day comes, we don't pack up Jesus Christ. He's there with us the day after New Year's, all throughout the year. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So keep your eyes focused Not so much on the trappings of Christmas, although if you enjoy them, that's great. Keep your eyes on the reason for the season, on Jesus Christ. He is the person that brings us that peace today. And then there's the possibility of peace, even in the midst of our struggles. In the Old Testament, as we looked in Psalm 85, righteousness and peace go together. You can't have one without the other. You cannot have peace without being in a right relationship with the Prince of Peace. The the, the two have to go together. It's interesting in uh, Philippians chapter 4. Danny quoted part of that for us in our opening today. Uh, It says, begins by saying, be anxious for a few things. No, that's not quite what it says, is it? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Did you have some 
things that crowded into your life today that brought an element of anxiety? Did you struggle with that this week a little bit? Uh, uh, how things were going to work out? He, he goes on to suggest, well, not only suggest, he states in Philippians 4 that if we follow his pattern, the peace that passes understanding will rule our hearts and lives. I like that thought. His peace will sustain us in the midst of the trials, in, in the midst of the conflicts, in the midst of our suffering. We can experience that peace that the world doesn't even begin to understand. The peace that passes all understanding can be ours today. Now, you know, as I read Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it's a, in some ways a command, but I, I think it's a choice that we have to make. You know, we can come and let his peace rule in our hearts. Or if we really choose to, we can worry. Any worriers here? Any of you spend some time this week worrying about circumstances and how things were going to, to work out in, in, in your situation? It's a choice that we make. We can fret. We can get upset. We can even feel sorry for ourselves. Do you ever do that? And yet, in that process, we're not experiencing peace, are we? We, we, we need to come back to the scriptures and say, well, how can we, how can we experience that peace? Well, the possibility is there. He, he's promised it to us. Uh, but we have to choose it. Uh, if, if you want to worry, you can worry. No, nobody's going to stop you from worrying. But it's not going to bring peace into your heart and, and, and life there. I, I like the invitation in John chapter 14. Uh, Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Do we do that? Do we choose to turn the circumstances, the situation over to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, it's in your hands. I don't need to bear the responsibility, the burden of it. I don't need to spend my time worrying about it because you've gone to prepare a place for me. You have a glorious future. Notice, uh, that's what I like about the Advent season. They, the candles go together. You can't have peace unless you have hope. The, 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 the two are inseparably linked together and and next week they're going to mess with our mind and want us to light the pink one but uh, you can't have joy if you don't have hope you can't have joy if you don't have peace and 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 so forth so they're they're all interrelated there our hope is rooted today in eternity in romans chapter eight paul speaks of the hope of creation there beginning in verse 18 down through verse 22 and 23 there uh, all of creation is is waiting for the coming of the of the messiah there and and the hope that they have but then you you come down to uh, verse 24 25 he says for in hope we have been saved have you realized that in hope we have been saved what does he say in hope haven't we been saved well, the fact of the matter is, you and I aren't home yet. We're in the process. We're, we're headed there. And, and so there's that, that element of hope that uh, plays a part in our life even today. But hope, he says, that is seen is not hope. For why does one also hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. Don't you wish you'd left that last phrase off? 
with, with, with patience is another word for that. We wait his coming with patience. You ever struggle with patience? You ever pray for patience? <laughs> Smart enough not to do that. Okay. Uh, it it uh, comes through trials, doesn't it? But we can experience peace even in the midst of the trials. He said, my peace I give unto you. Do you believe it? Are you accepting it? Are, are you willing to let him be God in your life, recognizing that it's not about what happens? It's about who's controlling the happenings. It's in his hands, and we can rest in him today. And then if you've experienced his peace, then you have the responsibility to proclaim that peace to others, to let others see the, the difference that Christ can make in their lives. Uh, Romans chapter 10, as I, I quoted there, verse 13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You, you come down to, to verse 15 there. He's asking, how shall they hear and so forth? And, and then he moves right into the fact that we are the ones who proclaim the gospel of peace. We are the ones who carry the message of Christ today to a world that desperately needs Jesus Christ. I think if I learned nothing out of my experience working in Kmart for one season, it was that the world desperately needs peace. When you see people shoving to get first in line, when, when you see people arguing, well, I had my hands on it first, it, it, it's mine, it's not yours. Uh, when, when, you, when you see the fighting and, and the shoving and, and all of that, you, you begin to realize the world needs Jesus Christ. We have a peace that we have to communicate to those that know no peace. We are the instruments that, that God uses. And I don't know if you ever think of your feet as being beautiful or not, but God does. If you're carrying the message of salvation to somebody that needs it, God says you've got beautiful feet. I think I just went offline there. Uh, we, we are the ones that should be proclaiming the, the gospel of peace. And I think there's no greater time for us to do that than the Christmas season. Because the world's singing about peace. Uh, they're singing about the coming of the Messiah. Why not look at this as an opportunity for us to not only celebrate peace... But ask God to give us one individual that we can communicate the message of peace to. Who is it in our family that, that needs to hear the peace of God? Who is it in our community? Who is it in our, our work world that needs to get a glimpse of the peace that passes understanding? And can we say, Lord, I'm available here am I, use me. I think that's why God used Isaiah in the way in which he did. Because remember, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up in, in the temple there. And, and he fell on his face in the presence of the Lord, recognizing his sinfulness, his unworthiness. And he said, I, I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. My lips are unclean. And, and you remember what the Lord did? Sent an angel with a, a burning coal fire, touched his lips. And, and then Isaiah heard the Lord saying, whom shall we send, and who will go for us? I love the response of Isaiah. He said, here am I, send me. Did he have any idea what was involved in that? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think he 
could imagine the joy of seeing people respond to the message. I don't imagine he could envision the, the heartache of seeing people turn away from that message either. And yet God said, Isaiah, you've got beautiful feet. You've brought the message of hope and of salvation. And I think today he would say the same thing to us. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Who do you know? that needs to get a glimpse of the Prince of Peace? Who needs to be introduced to the one that can bring peace to to a troubled heart? And are you willing, like Isaiah, to say, Lord, here am I, use me. I mean, we can think of 101 people that could do the job better than we could. But God says, I'm looking for somebody to say, here am I, use me. Are we willing to say, Lord, it's your choice. If you want to work through somebody else, uh, that's fine, but uh, I'm available. I will be the one who carries that message of peace to a sin-darkened world this Christmas season. Someone has said peace is not the absence of war or conflict or trials or difficult circumstances. Peace is, in reality, the quiet confidence that God is in control of our lives. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that the events that are touching your life are ordained of God? Do, do you believe that he's able to see you safely through those, those trials? That he is able to see you safely home to glory and in the process somehow use you to be an instrument of peace to somebody else? We will all face trials. We will all face adverse circumstances. As a matter of fact, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter in writing uh, to the believers said in verse 9, He said, you're going to suffer the same conflicts that the people in the world suffer. They get sick. You're not immune to sickness. They watch loved ones slip into eternity. So do we. They suffer pain. So do we. The difference is we don't do it alone. We have someone that walks through the valley with us. Someone is there for us. We can rest in the hope of Hebrews chapter 13 where Jesus or the writer of Hebrews quoting the Lord says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I don't care what circumstances you're facing today. I don't care what is going on in your life. If you've accepted Christ as your personal savior, he's going through that circumstance with you. And isn't it encouraging to realize that he is the one, Ephesians chapter three says, that's able to do what? Exceeding abundantly above anything that we could ask or think. Aren't you glad for that fact? He can do something far greater than what we can even begin to imagine today. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to tell the Lord in prayer how to work things out. And uh, I think he chuckles sometimes and says, that's okay, but I have something exceedingly so much better that that you don't even understand it today. And and that's what I'm going to do. And I I don't know how many times I look back and I feel like saying, thank you, Lord, you didn't answer the prayer like I asked you. Thank you that you did what was best. And and we can commit our circumstances to him. I like the words of uh, David McCaslin. David McCaslin writes for the the Daily Bread. This was written back in... uh, 19, or 2007, he said these words about Christmas. He, he said, let us 
at all costs avoid the temptation to make our Christmas worship a withdrawal from the stress and the sorrow of life into a realm of unreal beauty. And I wonder, do we try to do that with all of our fancy decorations and stuff, try to just kind of drop out of the real world for a time? He said it was into a real world that Christ came, into the city where there was no room for him, into a country where Herod, the murderer of innocents, was king. He comes to us not to shield us from the harshness of the world, but to give us the courage and the strength to bear it, not to snatch us away by some miracle from the conflict of life, but to give us peace, his peace in our hearts, by which we may calmly, steadfastly face the conflict that rages and be able to bring to a torn world the healing that is peace. That's our commission. He says, finishes it off by saying, Christmas is not a retreat from reality, but advance into it alongside the Prince of Peace. Hasn't taken us out of this trials of this world. He sends us into them to bring the message of peace to those who desperately need to see the Prince Prince of Peace. Along the way, as we carry that news, we can rest and celebrate the peace of God. We can experience his peace. He said, I've given it to you. We can claim it. We can enjoy it today. And ultimately, when we're home with him in glory, we'll fully recognize and and enjoy the peace that he has for us. But until then, we have a measure of it today. We can experience that peace. And if you're not experiencing that peace in your heart, I think you need to stop and ask why. What needs to be changed? Uh, Your outlook? Do you need to take some of those circumstances in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to the Lord and turn it over to him? Or, you know, you ever do that in prayer? You come with a situation to the Lord and and you ask the Lord to deal with it. And uh, he says, okay, I'll take care of it. What happens? We walk away and we pick it up and carry it with us rather than leaving it with the Lord. Are are, are we willing in prayer to come to him and say, Lord, I I can't handle this, but you can, and I give it to you, and I ask you to be glorified in it? Are are we really willing to seek and search for his peace in troubled times? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the Prince of Peace, for the one who left the glories of heaven, came into a a sin-damaged world, came into a strife-torn world, came into all kinds of problems and trials and demonstrated the reality of peace to that world. And now, Father, you say, how beautiful are the feet of those that carry that message of peace. Give us the courage this Christmas season to say, Lord, here am I. Use me as an instrument of peace. Help me to carry the peace of God into a sin-darkened world so that others may get a glimpse of the glories of your peace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. With that, in closing, we're going to sing the words of the angels. We can all be an angel today. It came upon the midnight clear. <laughs>